You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, kicking off hour two from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta for our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Lots of Flames reaction in hour one. After a disappointing end to their road trip in Detroit. Also checked in with Emily Sadler on Monday regular. Cutting all things NFL. Week 7 coming to a close tonight in Minnesota with the 49ers. And the Vikings kicking off at 6.15. If you missed any of that, make sure to go back and check it out on the podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just check out Sportsnet Today 960. Give us a like, subscribe, review, anything that you'd like. Come along for the ride on Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon along with you. My outstanding producers today, Cam and Taylor. Still lots to get to on this second hour, including a chat with our pal Matty Rose from the big show with Russick and Rose. Stampeders back into the postseason. Riders missing out. We'll get into all of that coming up a little bit later on. But we're kicking off this hour with more Calgary Flames conversation, this time off the ice. As Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada, our NHL insider, dropped an interesting piece of Flames news Saturday night during the Hockey Night in Canada headline segment. I'm just a couple of things here. In the first intermission, you talked about Rasmus Anderson's suspension. The four-gamer handed down. You talked about it with Jennifer, Kevin, and Kelly. Well, the news is a little bit better when it comes to another Flames defenseman. The word is that the Flames and Noah Hannafin have made progress on a contract extension. Hannafin is an unrestricted free agent to be after this year. There is optimism. Nothing is done until it's done. I always try to remind people of that. But like I said, the word is that there has been progress and there is optimism that something can get done between so that's Elliot Friedman on Saturday Hockey Night in Canada's headlines edition he would expand on that in the latest edition of the 32 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick here's Friedman and Merrick a little bit more on the Noah Hannafin Calgary Flames contract extension talks also with the Calgary Flames, you report Saturday about Noah Hannafin and some movement with a new contract Yes, and since I put it out there, I've heard a bit more. I think it's more now than some movement. Uh, Judging from the reaction I got after that aired, I think it would be a surprise if it didn't happen. Now, I don't know the exact timeline, but I'm always careful, as you know, about language because then it turns into something viral that I didn't intend it to mean. Like I've had people say optimism. I've had people say progress. I had one guy say to me today that there was a breakthrough (laughs) uh, and it's going to get done. But put it this way, I think the best way to put it is it's going to be a surprise if it doesn't happen. And we should say that this is a big, big victory for the Flames because Hannafin, you'll remember when there was all that talk about all the guys that wouldn't stay. Well, they've got Backlund signed 
And now, now Hannafin was the one guy in the summer, and I reported on this pod that Hannafin had indicated he wanted to go back to the United States, and no one argued with me. No one. Normally, if I have something wrong on the pod, I'll get at least one phone call about it. Something like that, someone will call me and say, you are wrong, fix this. And not a single person did, because at the time, that was what was conveyed. Now, you know, ultimately, Hannafin at some point in time will give us a better indication of what changed his mind. Number one, I think it's time. Um, you know, obviously, he's seen things in Calgary that he likes. I do think, Jeff, as you and I have talked about, there are players who are nervous out there. The way the cap has gone the last couple of years, the market's been very tight. I think there are players who say that if the money's there and you're happy in your situation, it's much harder now until the cap really starts going up a couple times. It's harder now to say no. And uh, ultimately, I don't want to put words in Hannafin's mouth. He'll tell us. But like I said, it would be a surprise by now if it doesn't happen. That is Elliot Friedman on the latest edition of the 32 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick expanding on his reporting from Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada. It would be a surprise if it didn't happen. And yes, I've heard many people already take not <laughs> not happy with the take from Elliot that it's a big victory for the Flames. We'll, we'll get into that in, in, in just a few moments, but what a turnaround it appears. As Elliot mentioned, there were times this summer where we were pretty convinced of all of the unrestricted free agents on the list for Calgary that Noah was the clearest of the bunch that there wasn't a contract extension to be had in Calgary and his future would be somewhere else in the league, as Elliot reported, most likely somewhere in the United States. So whatever's happened has made a big difference in the mindset of Noah Hannafin going forward. And as Elliot said, towards the end of that, he doesn't want to put words in Noah Hannafin's mouth. Well, guess who was made available to the Calgary media Monday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, uh, the one and only Noah Hannafin. Let's hear from Noah. Now, again, no contract extension has been signed. There is no news on this. So there's nothing to officially talk about if you're if you're Noah Hannafin. Uh, but he was asked, obviously, about the reporting, um, about his thoughts on being in Calgary, maybe some things that have potentially changed his mindset about staying with the Calgary Flames. Let's hear from Flames defenseman Noah Hannafin on Monday. Lots with the Calgary media on the reporting from Elliot Friedman that his camp and the Calgary Flames closing in on a contract extension. All right, Elliot Friedman reported this this weekend that you and the Flames are, are getting closer to a, a contract extension. Anything you could tell us about that? Um, yeah, I'd say probably nothing new to report right now. Um, you know, my agent's been uh, obviously in discussions throughout the beginning of the year with with you know management and Connie and those guys. So. For me right now, it's just trying to you know stay focused on the game and letting them handle it. But um, yeah, they're definitely having discussions, and uh, you know when there's news to report, I'll, I'll let you guys know. No, when, when we talked to you at the golf tournament, you kind of were wait and see. Like I want to see how things go here. So the fact that there are discussions happening has your, I guess, willingness to stay in Calgary changed at all? Yeah, I mean I, I've always, like I said, you know, earlier in the year, I mean I've always 
you know, enjoy my time playing Calgary. I love it here. It's been great. You know, it's just, uh, like I said, you know, sometimes um, being patient with things helps and just kind of give yourself some time to think about the process and what you want to do. And But for me, I've always, you know, I've always loved Calgary, and, you know, I'm happy that, you know, there are discussions happening. What's, what makes Calgary or the Flames organization a place that you're, you're open to committing long-term to? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, it's a, it's a great place to play hockey for one thing. You know, fans here are unbelievable. It's a, it's a, it's exciting coming to the rink every day with with the with the fans and the people and how passionate they are. And it's a great group of guys in the organization. And you know, from the trainers to management, coaches, players, you know, everybody. There just there's a lot of great people here, and um, that's what makes it a special place. And you being an American guy, and sometimes maybe it's not the easiest for Canadian teams to get Americans to, to commit here long term. So like. You've obviously felt that comfort here, even though you're not. not yeah, I mean, I, I've been here for for this is my sixth year here now, and I've I've loved him. I've I've always been so comfortable here, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's 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 a privilege just to play hockey in the NHL, and no matter where it is, I don't think that should really impact guys too too much. And you know, for me, it's uh, you know, my family loves it. My parents come out here all the time. They love coming out and visiting, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I've I've had nothing but good things to say about playing in Calgary. Some guys don't like to have contract negotiations going on during the season does that bother you at all is it something that, that really impacts you honestly for me i think before a season i just try making it clear you know i just want to just play hockey and let them if something important happens they can come to me and talk to me about it but i've been trying to keep my my, my nose out of it all and letting them handle the, the business side of it and just focusing on hockey i think for any player when you come into a contract year it's always on your mind a little bit and it, it can be uh you know sometimes there's pressure or whatnot but for me it's just you know it's it's an important year just for the team just to bounce back after last year and it's always been about that for me and coming out and just playing hockey and having fun and and uh and, and that's where my focus has been you at. see elliot reported i assume you're like all right i guess we'll have to talk to the media yeah. about this a little bit <laughs> yeah. no yeah it's it's part of it and i i mean i knew uh the, i actually didn't even know if the guys had mentioned it to me so yeah it's it is what it is and um you know it's part of it i, I expected something like that to happen at some point so just just uh, dealing with it and, and trying to play and, and have a good game tomorrow and, and get back on the on the winning path and that's where my focus is at. How much how much did Michael signing initially here like how much does that impact a guy kind of in his own contract situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it definitely does nothing but help. I think you know, Bax is uh, he's a great teammate. I played with him for a long time now, and and he's you know so deserving of, of being a captain here and. Um, you know, I'm happy for him, and, and uh, yeah, he's a he's a great guy to, to have be in the locker room and have that leadership is is huge. So there it is, Noah Hannafin speaking to the media on Monday at the Scotiabank Saddledome, diving right into those reports from Elliot Friedman. Interesting that this has has come up for for Noah. As I mentioned before, we played that clip for you. He was so clearly. To a lot of us here in Calgary, the one that had most clearly made up his mind that the Flames weren't going to be the long-term home for him, and that's why there had been so much conversation about, okay, what does a Noah Hannafin trade look like? When does that happen? Because once the players told you their intentions, there's really not much point in, in Craig Conroy unless it, it absolutely comes down to it, holding on to an asset and losing him for nothing, knowing he's going to walk away as an unrestricted free agent. We've been down that road. We've had that conversation before, but something has clearly changed and it feels like a wait and see situation right now 
as to when it'll pop up on Twitter or from Elliot Friedman or whoever that the contract extension has gotten done. And imagine for a 27-year-old Noah Hannafin, or soon to be 27-year-old in January, that it would be a long-term contract extension with the Calgary Flames. How do we feel about that? Elliot, as we heard there, called it a massive victory for the Calgary Flames. And you heard, uh, Noah was asked directly about it, about being an American player and the, I guess you'll call it the the idea. I, I don't know. I really don't know how true it is. I think it's an individual situation every time, but about an American player committing long-term to staying in Canada for whatever reason. He was asked directly about that and, you know, said he's enjoyed his time in Calgary, thinks it's a great place to play hockey, nothing but good things to say about the organization and Craig Conroy. So that wasn't a factor for him, or at least wasn't a factor anymore. What makes sense in your mind for Noah Hannafin and the Calgary Flames? Are you up for this? Because I know I've seen it already. I've seen plenty of people on the, you, you don't sign this, no more contract extensions for the Calgary Flames. I don't like the direction they're going. They shouldn't sign anybody to a long-term contract extension. If you want to be on that path, that's fine. But uh, when Friedman gets to the point of saying things like, it's all but done, we're just waiting for it to finish, you'd be surprised if it didn't happen at this point. Um more likely than not, we will be having discussions uh, around what that extension looks like for Noah Hanif in the Calgary Flames, whether you, you like it or not. So what's the number? What's the term that you're comfortable with if you're the Calgary Flames and Noah Hannafin right now? Again, 26 years old now, turning 27 in January. This is his sixth season with the Calgary Flames. Coming off of a year where he played 81 games, put up 38 points. His best season in Calgary, like many, was 21-22. 81 games that year, 48 points. And another three in 12 playoff games. He has 604 NHL career games. He's put up 243 points during that time. My guess is I think you're probably talking the seven... Eight-year range for Noah Hannafin. Would it be surprising to me if it was right around that number that Mackenzie Weger got? Noah probably wouldn't. I, I think somewhere in that six-ish million-dollar range probably makes sense for for Noah Hannafin, and puts uh, another long-term piece on the books for the Calgary Flames. Albeit on the left side, defense where things aren't necessarily as deep as they are with, you know, Uyghur, Anderson, Tanev, et cetera, on the right side. So, look, this is one where I know there's going to be frustration, and I know there will be some when we get to the text line at 960-960. If you're listening live and want to shoot us a text, I know there will be some that don't want to see any more long-term extensions, that don't want to see money on the books long-term if they're not sure where the direction of the team is going. I do agree with Elliot that there is a a win in this for the Calgary Flames. I I think at 26 years old, uh, a top four defenseman on pretty much any team, 
that Noah Hannafin is a a key asset for this group defensively going forward. And, and look, this is the caveat with every, well, most every deal that you sign is, yes, you're putting pen to paper for X amount of years, but it doesn't mean that a trade won't happen in the future. It probably pushes it down the road. But if things don't go the way for the Calgary Flames the next two years, let's say, you've got a guy signed up to a contract extension who hasn't even hit 30 yet. Now, that's that's thinking things have gone very negatively and haven't gone at all the way that the Calgary Flames hope they are. So you probably want to think of it in a more positive light if you're the Calgary Flames and that Noah Hannafin is joining uh, and remaining a part of a decor that's going to lead the Flames, hopefully, back to the postseason this year and for a couple years going forward. But I'm I'm very curious where the waters sit, and I I have no doubt that a rocky start to the season for the Calgary Flames will have even more people on this side of don't sign anybody to a contract extension right now, whether it's Lindholm, whether it's Hannafin, Zadorov, Tanev, none of that right now until this team figures it out on the ice. But for Craig Conroy, we've talked so much this summer about you need to know one way or the other. Out of all of the UFAs that we talked about, with the exception of Michael Backlund because of his tenure here in Calgary, Noah Hannafin, to me, actually makes the most sense for this team to lock up long-term because he is just 26 years old. And if the next couple seasons don't go well, you're talking about a guy that hasn't hit 30 and I think we'll be at a pretty reasonable cap hit depending on where the salary cap goes the next couple of seasons. It's a different conversation for Chris Tanev, who's 33. It's a different conversation for Nikita Zadorov, who's 28. And it's certainly been one that we've talked about for Elias Lindholm, who is you know closer to 30 uh, in the next couple of months than, than any of those guys that we talked about. Right, So Noah being the youngest of the UFAs actually makes the most sense to me to put pen to paper on if you were the Calgary Flames. Again, he was also the one that seemingly back in the summer was most convinced he wasn't coming back to Calgary, but clearly whether it's been the the mood change in Calgary, whether it's been, it could be money. We very very rarely get that answer, but it could very well just be, and again, I don't expect... Noah or the Flames or anybody to say this, but maybe it's just good old-fashioned dollars and cents. Maybe the contract that the Flames were offering at the beginning of the summer was a million and a half dollars less than it is now, and that's what swayed Noah Hannafin to stay. Could be any of the above. But I actually think at 26 years old, given the fact that they're not super deep on the left side of the defensive thing of uh, defensive core right now, this one to me... Again, not knowing what the dollar is, not knowing what the term is, but assuming it's somewhere in the seven to eight year range. If you're Noah Hannafin, I think that's probably what you're looking for. And I would guess you're somewhere around Mackenzie Weger money. Maybe a little bit more based on your age. That's that's what we're operating off of right now. Again, that can change when the details come out, if they come out. But that's how I'm feeling right now. Uh, 960-960. Feel free to shoot us a text. 
Noah Hannafin reportedly reaching, or at least progressing, towards a contract extension to remain with the Calgary Flames. Do you like it? Do you hate it? What's the number? What term and year would you be comfortable with signing Noah Hannafin? Some of your texts at 960-960. Term will be 8 AAV, somewhere between Uyghur and Taves. This text says 7 for 7, guys a stud. Uh, this one says, with the Hannafin deal, who's lying, the media or the player? We were told there was no chance of him re-signing with the Flames. We were told Americans don't want to play here. Then don't. See you later. I, I don't know that anyone's lying. I, I really believe that at the time when that was reported by Elliot, that I think that's probably what he was hearing. I don't know what's changed. I'd be, I'd be curious if we got more from Noah when the, the news becomes official. If it becomes official than what we got today, but I, I think clearly something has changed. Uh, this one says I'll be comfortable with three years, five and a half. Don't think that's getting it done. Uh, our pal Dylan and Revy, not a fan of the player. The media is obsessed with his game, uh, with his games played, age balance. But to me, when you're a turnover artist with slightly above average speed, who isn't good offensively in transition or defensively, you should be traded, not extended. Arg. Uh, Trevor and Red Deer uh, give Noah a Rick DiPietro contract. Bunch of laughy faces with that one. Uh, this one says, what is it about Noah Hannafin's game that the eye test totally fails? I feel like he's not been playing well, but analytics seem to say differently about Noah's play. The eye test is... First of all, the eye test is is different for everyone. Right, the the eye test is one of the worst indicators in my mind to to play off of it because it's your individual opinion. It's your your own biased opinion one way or the other. Your eye test varies incredibly different than mine or Pat's or Cam's or Taylor's or the security guard who's at our building every day. The eye test is different for everybody. You might say that he doesn't pass the eye test, someone else says he does pass the eye test. I I think as a collective, I think you take the majority of views, and I think Noah Hannafin, I think, averages out to be a, a quality top four defenseman. I think if Noah Hannafin's somewhere on your second pairing, you're doing pretty damn well as far as defensemen go. I, I've always looked at Noah like, like this. I think Noah Hannafin is good at a lot of things and maybe not great at any one or two things. That's That's where I come out on Noah Hannafin. And that's, that's not a bad spot to be. Is he a superstar? Is he Kale McCarr at anything? No. But I think he's very good at a lot of different things. I think he's a good defensive player. I think he has some good offensive moments. Do I think he's great defensively or great offensively? No, probably not. Uh, more of your text at 960-960. Sportsnet today, I do think the number 55 will be a good signing. 10 and 91, maybe boat anchors. This text says uh, from our pal Matt and Cochran, it's felt for a while now that either one of Hannafin or Zadorov wouldn't be back next year, and the Flames seem to have their set sight on Hannafin. 
I think Big C would be cheaper to re-sign, and Hannafin would fetch you more of a return. Either way, with Shillington return, oh, Shillington's return seeming to be doubtful, does it open up a spot for Poirier or Solovyov sooner rather than later? Uh, this one says, sign them and trade them. Tired of these snowflakes and complainers getting what they want. Claims are not going to win with him right now, so what does it matter? Another text reads, Hannafin's one of those guys you got to keep. Great puck-moving defenseman. I think seven years at $7.5 million. Those are some of your texts at 960-960. I don't know what the final number is for Noah Hannafin, but I think it's pretty safe to say based on what he said today, how Elliot Friedman expanded on his reporting on the 32 Thoughts podcast, which you can go listen to now. We played it a little bit earlier on in this segment, but if you missed it, 32 Thoughts podcast available wherever you get your podcast. And when a guy like Friedman puts it in the terms of, I'd be surprised if it didn't get done, we are more than likely heading down the road of a Flames Noah Hannafin contract extension. Again, whether you love that or you hate that, that's up for you to decide. But when it happens, we'll break it down and we'll see what it looks like when the Flames potentially, potentially get another key member of their defensive core uh, locked up on the long term. Again, if you missed anything, check it out on the podcast. Uh, Friedman's latest up on 32 Thoughts uh, with Jeff Merrick. Noah Hannafin spoke to the media a little bit earlier today on this Monday. He got into it as much as he can for a guy that hasn't actually signed a contract extension, so bear that in mind. Uh, if you seek that out, uh, I imagine it'll be a big topic for Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk coming up a little bit later on this afternoon if you want to dive more into that conversation. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Shifting over to football once again, this time jumping into the CFL variety. The Calgary Stampeders are heading back to the CFL's postseason once again. They picked up some key wins down the stretch, including a big win against the BC Lions on Friday, and they got some help from the Calgary Stampeders of East, the Toronto Argonauts, who picked up a win against the Riders on Saturday and sent them packing. How do we feel about the Stampeders with one week to go in the regular season? They've got fan appreciation coming up against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and a date against the BC Lions set in a couple of weeks for the West semifinal. All things Stampeders coming up next. Matty Rose joins the program around the corner here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. Closing out hour two. You can chat all things Calgary Stampeders with our next guest. 18 straight years in the playoffs for the Calgary Stampeders. Thanks to a win on Friday in BC and a Riders loss to the Toronto Argonauts on Saturday. Dave Dickinson and crew have booked another trip to BC. Two weeks time, they will be there for the West semifinal. Something we didn't think we'd be talking about in Calgary not all that long ago. To help break it down and get a feel for this Calgary Stampeders team as we head into the final week of the CFL's regular season. Very happy to have a Monday Stamps report with our pal Matt Rose from the big show with Russick and Rose and one of our outstanding Calgary Stampeders reporters here on Sportsnet 960. What's up, Matty? Yo, sorry for leaving you hanging Friday. That's my bad. All good, brother. I appreciate you. 
the yeah, it's my bad when I drop the pass right off my chest. Two taps. Hand up, That's I got it. Bad. That's me. That's me. Yep. yep. I got you. Me. Don't worry. Teamwork. We're gonna no bring you, brother. We're gonna bring each other back up here. We got yeah. lots to talk about. You picked up the phone today and good timing for it, man. <laughs> uh Stampeders with I would say one of their best efforts, if not their best effort of the season, right when they needed it. They had they didn't have to win Friday. They would have given themselves an opportunity. Uh, to need a win this week against Winnipeg, but why not get it done uh, as soon as you can if you're the Stampeders? Uh, a very impressive victory for the team Friday night against the Lions. What did you make of the Stampeders? Uh, 41-16 victory over BC. Yeah, that's a complete game for the group. Uh, I don't know if we'd seen one of that from them all season long. I thought that they played well on offense. They ran the ball well. They took care of the ball. The defense got after the quarterback. They forced interceptions. Special teams was giving them good field position. They didn't take penalties when the other teams started to lose their cool. Uh, they just outcoached the opposition throughout the entire game, in my opinion. This is one of those games where, like, tail of the tape, deci- decision stampeders across the board. The scoreboard is one thing, but they won in every aspect that they possibly could against the BC Lions. And that's best case scenario because now you got to go into BC and face this team again. And I think the, the Stamps would be feeling really good about what they put together on the weekend as far as going back there and being able to duplicate it. Like the biggest thing is obviously what's the health of Vernon Adams Jr. going to be. And we're not going to know because BC has a bye this week. Mm-hmm. But. By the time the playoffs come around, that's going to be the biggest story to keep an eye on because if he's not healthy, I think the Stamps have a real shot to win and go to Winnipeg for the last final. Was Friday not the the blueprint for this team offensively? And I know our pal John Bender would have loved to be in that game because the Stampeders just ran the ball down the throat of the BC Lions and they didn't ask Jake Mayer to put too much on his shoulders, I thought, Matty. Uh, Peyton Logan mm-hmm. and Kadeem Carey Almost both, I know Peyton broke uh, the 100-yard mark, but Kadeem Carey wasn't far apart. Is that, in your mind, the best way for this Stampeders team to operate offensively? Without a doubt. And I think even going into the year, they thought that was going to be their best way to operate. But then Kadeem got hurt, and then Peyton got hurt. So everything had been changing. It was Dedrick Mills and Levante Bellamy for a lot of time there. They just could never get their running back set. But now they're set. I think it's an underrated aspect that Bryce Bell returned to the lineup and did some work at tackle. He's been arguably their best player at the tackle position this season, but an injury to his foot derailed the second-year player's kind of year there. But now he's back, and that is a gigantic boost for this Stampeders team. So uh, the run game was awesome. It makes it so that Jake Mayer doesn't have to throw the ball downfield. We saw that he can, and you know Reggie Bagleton went up and made a hell of a play that set up one of the Tommy Stevens touchdowns. But, yeah, I think as far as offense goes, that's almost exactly what the Stampeders want to do. You know, not have to rely on the pass game, take care of the ball, tire out the defense by running it down their throat. And uh, that's exactly what they did. Had some big chunk gains in the run. Like Peyton Logan probably could have had two touchdowns. Um, just stepped out of bounds on the first one there that set up the first Tommy Stevens touchdown. But, yeah, offensively, that's uh, that's they pretty much nailed it. Uh, you mentioned Peyton Logan there. And I think we've pretty quickly been reminded uh, of the kind of game-changing ability that this guy has. I know he's been hurt 
most of the year, Matt, but he's just it's just a different element when you can get him some time and space. The guy really makes a tough pairing with Kadeem Carey out there. He does. Uh, had a chance to talk to Peyton today, and one of the things that he talked about was that he's uh, never had a hamstring injury before. So the recovery from this was something unique for him. It definitely took a lot longer. Well, I wouldn't say a lot, but it took longer than he expected. But we kind of know that about hamstrings. They're nagging and they're hard to kind of get right, especially if you're a running back, someone who's taking contact every single play, whether you're getting the ball or having to block. So um, that was an interesting wrinkle. But for him to get out there, have some success, he didn't really break anything off in the return game yet. I think that there's still something in there for him. He obviously is not the biggest guy, but that just means he's that much more elusive. He's explosive as far as speed and dexterity goes. Um, You know, sometimes it can be a little bit chaotic with him back there catching the ball, but overall, I think getting him in and being able to see what he can bring is huge. Like the touchdown run and the one that he got down to the one yard line on, they're both 25, 30 yard runs. They're almost identical. Get the ball, run left side, either just outside the tackle or just inside the tackle on that gap, try and beat someone to the sideline, which he probably will, and then just turn on the Jets. And we saw it twice. He got the one touchdown. Really good building block for him. And now he can try and just improve on that against Winnipeg and get ready for the postseason. And I wonder if they try and get Diedrich on the roster as well because, you know, that would be an interesting wrinkle if they have three running backs that they really like. Yeah, and Diedrich's had his moments himself this year where he's looked pretty impressive filling in for uh, for Kadeem Carey when he was injured. It would be something interesting if they do decide to go three backs and maybe try to keep those guys as fresh as possible. Uh, Matty, well, he... And then you can do, like, and then just to expand yeah. on that a little bit, no, like, for you can start throwing some crazy looks at opposition. Like, for example, like going back to the game, well, I'm sure we'll get to that, but or to the defense, but that three, four front that they were showing the Lions for the first half had them totally puzzled. Mm-hmm. And imagine if you could go two running backs behind Jake Mayer and one of them is Diedrich Mills and one of them is Kadeem Carey. And you're like, oh, God, do we stack left? Do we stack right? What's the deal here? So I, I just wonder if they could kind of try and utilize some creative play calling if they can get three running backs on. Obviously, that would be a luxury. Um, but uh, at the same time, I, I'm left wondering. Uh, speaking of the defense, uh, Cameron Judge really set a tone all season long, but came up with some massive plays in that game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders two weeks ago. Just, I don't know what else to say about the guy. He's turned into a model of consistency, had another big game for the Stampeders on Friday in BC. Yeah, sure did. Uh, I don't know how high he jumped when he got up and <laughs> got that interception. Dude's but got hops for a big like, man. Ooh, three or four feet to me. Like The one thing about Cam Judge is, he is a freak athlete above all other things. He's not the biggest guy. He is not the heaviest guy, but he can move left to right. He can turn on a dime. He reads plays incredibly well. And you know, to throw credit to Brent Monson definitely puts him in positions to succeed. But yeah, for him to go out and just have another dominant game, like I don't know if there's a better linebacker duo. We talked to Justin Dunk about this on Saturday during Stamps Hour, Patty Duma and I, and he mentioned the the two lads out in Toronto, which, you know, fair point. They're pretty dominant this year. You'd have a hard time arguing that. But Cam Judge has four interceptions. That leads all linebackers. Mike Alway leads the league in defensive tackles made. That's a pretty good linebacking core. And behind those two, along with Mike Rose, those are kind of the three parts of the defense that have 
kept this group afloat for the entire season. You know, there's been changes in the secondary and James Bodders got hurt and they've moved through other guys on that defensive line. But for the most part, it has been those guys there and they're doing a really good job. So, um, yeah, that's going to be something that we continue to keep an eye on, though. Have you noticed the secondary sort of coming together the last couple of weeks now that we haven't had to change the names in the lineup quite as much as we have earlier on in the season? Yeah, I think so. I think that part of that is that the defensive line has been getting a lot more pressure in the last few weeks here, which makes things a little bit more easy for um, that secondary group. And that was something that they needed. But you look at the group, right? It's Brandon Dozier, who's been here for a while. Nick Taylor's been doing a lot of starting reps. He's in his mid to late 30s now. He's a seasoned CFL vet. You know what you're going to get out of Nick game in and game out. Trey Roberson and John Moxie have switched what their roles are as far as the corner position field and boundary, but they're both finding some success here late in the season. John Moxie especially. Kobe Williams has had a sneaky good season at halfback on the boundary side. One of my favorite things that he does is sniff out screens really well, which is kind of an underrated thing to do if you're a defensive back. you got to shed a block and then get get down and make a tackle and try and get there before help arrives. He does that really well. So, uh, yeah, the secondary is certainly coming together. That's been a work in progress all season long, and I think we kind of knew that it was going to be a work in progress, but uh, they're trying new things out here. Like One of the things that I really liked about – the game against BC was that 3-4 defense that they rolled out, and they were going three defensive linemen, four linebackers. You rarely see this in the CFL, just given the 12th man, the kind of opportunity that, it's, that it provides. You either want to get after the quarterback or you have an extra guy in coverage, and Stampeders threw out something that I hadn't seen them do really since they played Nathan Rourke last year, and it really worked for them. So that was really positive, and I'm interested to see how that applies here against Winnipeg because working against Winnipeg too then oh, all of a sudden you're really working with something here and and you can go back and forth between your 3-4 and your 4-2 uh, and throw kind of whatever at opposition and, and keep them on their toes which I think is important especially when you got guys like Vernon who's you know been in the league for a really long time Zach Calero's been in the league for a long time MOP caliber player you got to be aware of these guys and if you can try and make them think and question what they see that leads to mistakes, and you got to take advantage of them. The San Peters have done that the last two weeks. He's Matty Rose. You hear him every weekday morning as part of the big show with George Russick and Matty Rose. He's also one of our Stan Peters reporters here on uh, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, so an interesting situation now ahead of the Stan Peters, just like we all thought the last week wouldn't mean anything to them, and uh, they can kind of <laughs> handle it however they want. Uh, what do you expect? What have we heard about the approach that Dave Dickinson is going to take with this game coming up Friday against the Bombers. Dave has said that he is going to dress the best roster that gives him a chance to win the game. Um, I am not surprised that Dave said that he is not the type of guy to take any game off or treat anything. um, Like here's the other thing. Dave is very aware that this season has not gone his plan. He has never had a losing season. This will be a losing season that they get into the playoffs on. And I think he's still very aware of that. And he's not going to forget that anytime soon. So that is uh, definitely something to keep an eye on here. I think they're going to try and maybe send a little bit of a message to Winnipeg as well. I think that unless, like, if you're healthy, you're probably going to play in this game. Are they going to play the full 60? Eh, It's hard to say. depends on how the game goes. But I look at guys like Brandon Dozier. I wonder if he gets a rest. Reggie Bagleton, who's 
been dealing with a rib injury. I wonder if he gets a rest. Um, Rene Paradis has a shoulder injury that he played through last week in BC. I wonder if he gets a rest. Those would be the big guys that I'm thinking about right now. We'll see what happens the last of the practice week. Should mention um, as well, one guy missing from practice today was Sean McHugh in the center. Uh, good news, though, it was for the, the birth of a child. So um, he is expected to be ready to go for the game. Um, but that would be another one that I kind of do wonder about, a guy who's been banged up late in the season here. Uh, Matty, we'll get into this because we get closer to the game. We've still got one more regular season game on, on Friday to deal with. But I'm curious how you see this for the Stampeders heading into BC for that West semifinal. Do you think this team takes the approach of, of we've got nothing to lose, we weren't supposed to be here, and, and we found our way in? BC knocked them out of the playoffs last season. They've had a bit of a rivalry going back the last couple of years, and now the Stampeders have a real opportunity in front of them to, I'll say, you know, salvage in a lot of ways what was thought to be a lost season. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know how you can kind of look at it any other way here. Obviously, you know, if they get a win in the playoffs, two wins in the playoffs, I don't know how you can look at that any other way apart from a huge win for this group, just given how the start of the season went. Now, you know, it's, it's not like you can forget how the first 16 weeks of the year went and, and totally just write that type of stuff off and, and forget about it. You still have stuff that you got to take care of in the off season here. But at the same time, why not go into the offseason with a good taste in your mouth? Why not win a game that you're not supposed to win? Why not win two games that you're not supposed to win? Why not go to Hamilton? Sure, great cup, November, may as well. Let's go. I think that's the, the, the approach that the group is kind of taking right now. Uh, you know, it's, it's all kind of gravy at this point. Just try and capitalize on the opportunity that's here. Uh, Matty, appreciate it as always, pal. we got one more week of regular season, and then uh, – we get to get set for a, a playoff matchup. I didn't know we would be doing that this year, but I'm sure glad uh, that we get to, pal. Have the great uh, rest of your day. We'll chat with you soon, pal. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Have a good day. There you go. Matty Rose, part of the big show with with Rustic and Rose every single day here on Sportsnet 9, say every single weekday, I should say. They don't work weekends. We know the morning show doesn't work weekends. Except Matt does kind of work weekends. He does stamps hour uh, with Patty Dumas uh, every weekend, but uh, mostly on the big show with Rustic and Rose. Uh, every weekday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. And yes, one of our Stan Peters reporters uh, who gets to continue his season. We don't have to drag on a week of conversation ahead of Friday's game against the Bombers uh, as if it's the last of the season. We know the Stamps will head to BC in a couple weeks' time for the West semifinal. What's left for week 21? Well, it is a home game for the Calgary Stan Peters, your last chance to see them at McMahon Stadium. Give them a good send-off. The boys worked hard at the end of the season to get in, get out to McMahon Stadium. I know the weather is not great right now, but hopefully it warms up before Friday. Give the boys a great send-off at McMahon Stadium. It's also Fan Appreciation Day, so a chance to win some cool prizes with the Stampeders. They're taking on the Bombers. 7 p.m. kickoff from McMahon on Friday as uh, Week 21 gets underway. Just three games on the schedule, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are in Montreal. They're taking on the Owls, and then it's the Toronto Argonauts and the Ottawa Red Blacks ending off the CFL regular season with a 5 p.m. kickoff on Saturday evening. So again, Stampeders and Blue Bombers, 7 o'clock from McMahon on Friday, week 21 of the CFL season, the finale before the playoffs kick off in two weeks' time. 
We're wrapping up Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960. The fan is Logan Gordon along with you. Plenty of Flames talk today. Uh, reaction to the loss Sunday in Detroit. Reaction to the Noah Hannafin news from Elliot Friedman. Uh, if you missed it earlier today or on the weekend, uh, Elliot saying that the Flames and Noah Hannafin making good progress towards a contract extension. Uh, would follow that up on the latest edition of the 32 Thoughts podcast saying uh, he would be surprised if a deal didn't get done between the Flames and Hannafin in the near future. So that's something to watch for. We did hear from Noah Hannafin on this Monday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. He did get into uh, some of that reporting by Elliot. If you missed any of it, uh, we played it for you a little bit earlier on this hour. So check out the podcast, uh, Sportsnet Today 960, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite uh, podcast. I'm sure Pat and Wes will dive into it as well uh, during this afternoon's edition of Flames Talk. Quick thank you to our guests, Emily Sadler and Matt Rose. Emily, of course, joining us to talk all things NFL, all things Stampeders with her pal, Matty Rose. Uh, thank you to my producers, Cam and Taylor, for their great work on this Monday. And thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. If you shoot us, a, if you sent us a text to the fan feedback line at 960-960, uh, appreciate it as always. We will be back on a game day Tuesday for the Calgary Flames. They welcome in the New York Rangers for the first of two at home before the Heritage Classic next Sunday. We will have lines, pairings, game day audio, lots to get to on a Tuesday. That's when we'll be back for another edition of Sportsnet Today coming up this afternoon. Real Kipper and Bourne is next. And then, yes, Flames Talk, Steinberg and Gilbertson this afternoon. Reaction to the end of the road trip, Noah Hannafin news, and more. Busy afternoon. Make sure to keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.